Thank you for downloading The Luminous Mind, episode 39. You have to get the right things in your life. Too many of us are sabotaging our own success by filling our lives with junk. Benjamin Franklin once said, Do not curse the darkness, rather light a candle instead. You're ready to set your mind on fire? Then prepare yourself for the Luminous Mind with your host, Rebecca Bowman. Today's fire starter is Greg Denning. From an early age, Greg faced some challenging circumstances. He grew up in a tough situation and left home by the time he was 16, where he was often faced with homelessness, hunger, loneliness, and depression. Yet as a result, he became firmly committed to creating a better life for himself, one filled with learning, love, and meaning. Greg was able to make it happen through self-discipline, ferocious reading, and hard work. He received a bachelor's degree from the University of Utah in English literature, but more valuable to him is the self-education he received since graduating from college through personal study and travel. Greg has been traveling and living abroad with his wife and six children since 2007. They have traveled and lived in British Columbia, the Yukon, India, Dominican Republic, Mexico, Belize, Guatemala, El Salvador, Nicaragua, Peru, Costa Rica, and many states in the United States, including one year in Alaska. He and his family is currently living in Costa Rica for the second time. Greg and Rachel world school their children, and Greg is an educational mentor for youth and adults, providing mentoring and furthering their education and life goals in both group and one-on-one settings. Welcome, Greg. Thank you very much. Excited to be here. <laughs> what a fabulous life. <laughs> So we've got, <laughs> we have lived a great adventure. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, so much to talk to you about, too. Like, wow, to leave home at such a young age and to face all those things, yet you just turned it totally around and made it a positive experience. Definitely have to get into that. <laughs> so do you want to briefly kind of tell us about yourself then and your hobbies and profession and stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we we love life. We absolutely love life. And we're so passionate about living deliberately and getting a phenomenal education. Um, that, that's what we live for. In fact, this morning I was when I, in one of my mentoring sessions with one of the young men, we talked about that and said, you know, you got you to create a life around learning and it makes all the difference. And so my wife and I now, we have six kids. Uh, we just live for it. We live for it. We love it. And we spend our time learning and growing and improving and exploring this beautiful world together and, and helping our children earn an education and helping others. And we're just so passionate about, you know, sharing that enthusiasm and almost, you know, almost trying to redefine the way people see education. And it's, it's just a very thrilling and exciting journey and adventure. That's awesome. Well, you're at the right place because that's what our whole goal is, is to redefine that. So great. So can you tell us kind of your personal educational experience? You said you left home at a young age. So how did all yeah. that happen? Yeah, so I grew up, you know, I grew up in a broken home and some tough situations and so I ended up out on my own and, you know, very fortunately realized that the 
only way that my life was going to get any better is if I became better, right? Nothing gets better until you do. And so I realized early on, I'm like, hey, I got I to gotta get an education. I got to make the most of myself. I, I can't play the victim here. I can't sit around and blame society or my past or my home life or, you know, my parents or whatever else. I got to go after this and I got to make it, I got to make the most of myself by getting a phenomenal education. So, you know, and I ended up, I buzzed through school, you know, passed the tests and, and, you know, got the grades and did that. Went to the university, enjoyed my experience there. But then most valuable to me was this voracious reading habit. I just realized I've got to learn, learn, learn. And so, you know, I figure I'm I'm probably somewhere around 25,000 hours of personal study outside of a, of a formal setting out of a classroom, just reading, reading, reading and studying, just getting everything I can. I just am a curious learner. Wherever we go in the world, I'm always asking questions, always interviewing people, uh, always have a book with me, an audio book or a book in hand or a digital book. Everywhere I go, I've got a book. And, and together you know, with my wife, we just are constantly learning and challenging ourselves. And that's that, that love of learning that there's never – Ever a graduation from education. And I think we'll get into this later on. You had mentioned that, but I get up at four o'clock in the morning every morning still just so I can study. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And it's, I realize if I want to be a family man and have time with family and work and, and really be alive and still get a great education, I still got to go after it. And yeah. so I get up early so I can study. So, what is your profession exactly? I mean, how do you make this happen for your family? Yeah, it's awesome. We've done several different things, but now and, and over the years, I, I teach. And, and really, what I do now is mentor. I guess if I could define a mentor, it's just it's taking it a step above just merely teaching and really taking youth and young adults uh, more particularly and guiding them to earn their own phenomenal education. Kind of like a private tutor in a way, but much more, exactly. even deeper than that. Exactly. Okay. And I really push them. And so that's what I do now. I teach a couple of courses on personal leadership and social leadership and, you know, mentoring, same thing in the classics, uh, classical based leadership education is what it is. Oh, that's cool. Well, great. So why did you choose this type of lifestyle? I mean, it's so different from the norm. What made you go in that direction? <laughs> we get that question all the time. It was fun. I, you know, I, I moved around a lot when I was out on my own and there was a time I was in the streets, I lived in my pickup truck for a while. So I got used to change and I got used to being uncomfortable and, and moving around, you know, but then my wife and I, we got married and we settled in and I got a, I got a great position teaching on a private level and just loved it. Absolutely loved it. And we just kept reading and reading and reading. We bought our little house and we got our little mortgage and we got our little car and we were living our little life. <laughs> and just, you know, we loved it and we were happy. But like we, the normal we, American. Sounds exactly. Like. <laughs> it was, yeah, we were just following this, what had been scripted for us and, you know, kind of following the normal little pursuit there and, and we came across so many great books and so many great ideas and realized you know there's another way to live and we particularly became very passionate about humanitarian work and helping in developing countries and that just drove us to one get out and make a difference and two the unbelievable amount of growth and learning and understanding and perspective that comes from getting outside of your own culture and getting outside of your own uh, socioeconomic status and, and having that just reality expansion is so exciting and so fulfilling. 
And so that kind of just kind of over the years shaped into our life that, you know, we're going to go, we're going to go see the world. We're going to go make a difference. You know, we, at one point we went and lived in Southern India with our family, helping people who have leprosy and we're helping their children get a, a better education and a better chance. And yeah. you know, we've, we've just had some incredible experiences, but now we, we're very passionate about it. This is our, this is our dream life and we're living it. It's absolutely a wonderful way for us to live. It's not for everybody, but for us, we're living our, our dream life, literally. That's cool. And I see like most of the countries that you were in are definitely, they aren't as privileged country. Is that true? I mean, you do focus staying in those places that's probably going to need you the most. Is that- you know, what's interesting, my wife and I were in Peru last week together and Peru is very much like that. Very spectacular country, but very needy as well. And we were able, just in a short trip together there, we were able to make a significant impact in a few lives. And I told her that while we were there. I thought, this is, I love this. I love this. Because we get to learn and grow, but we get to make a difference. We get to do something that matters. Yeah. You know? Your, your life feels like it has value, it's, it and, sounds like. Yep, and meaning. Oh, it's so exciting. That's just awesome. So tell me about your educational philosophy then. I mean, do you use like a formal curriculum or, or what's the main source of education for your children? So our, we kind of base ours, like Rachel and I, Rachel's my wife, we like to call it uh, the Theodore Roosevelt educational model. <laughs> <laughs> and he's he's one of my heroes and just, just an amazing man. Grew up, you know, he was a little sickly boy. Uh, unhealthy, but grew up in a in a very wealthy and very educated family. And so they, they what they would do is they traveled all around the world, carting books. They would just take their servants and trunks and trunks full of books and go travel the world. And so they got in the study out of the greatest books ever written, the classical literature, plus the adventure and the experience of going and having the hands on. And so. We kind of shaped our educational philosophy for ourselves and for our children. And, and again, I guess that's part of it, that Rachel and I, and, and each of us as adults, we have to lead out in our own education. Yeah. Uh, too, too many parents sit back and go, kids, get studying, get an education yeah. while I watch TV. Or yeah, put, <laughs> put them on the bus and then don't think about it anymore. Exactly. Oh, and it just breaks my heart because we have to be so into it. We have to be going with them. So, you know, we're voraciously studying all the time. So our philosophy is that, you know, learning comes, I break it down, it comes from three main sources. It comes from study, out of great books. It comes from experience, you know, getting out and getting the hands-on, really sensing something. There's things you cannot learn any other way but being there and doing it. And then the third, I would say, is inspiration or revelation, something that comes, you know, just feels like it's just a spark out of nowhere of, of inspiration where you can learn that way. And I think if we can tap into those three sources of learning, it makes for a really great, well-rounded, phenomenal education. That is awesome. So how's, how's your paradigm and educational philosophy kind of changed over time and with experience? Well, that's been what's so fun for me is because I've, I've taught in the private sector, I've taught in the public sector, I've taught um, one-on-one, I've done you know, the mentoring I'm on, on academies and honors levels and, and all, those, all those arenas. And I've just seen that there has to be a really deep love of learning. And then there has to be a mentor too. There really does. There's got to be a mentor. And we just got to choose our mentors and then really push ourselves. And Mortimer Adler, he wrote this incredible article. I highly recommend it to everyone. It's called The Invitation to the Pain of Learning. Invitation to the Pain of Learning. And he says in there, he says, you know, you got to push yourself hard. Education is not easy. Getting a phenomenal education is never going to be easy. But it, it, it needs to be very fun and very enjoyable. And so 
I mean, that's one of the things that draws us to the Theodore Roosevelt style that we like is he always emphasized living a strenuous life, which meaning you, know, you push yourself. Yeah, put yourself in uncomfortable situations all the time. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Out of your comfort zone type thing. Yep, whether that's a book or a trip or an exercise routine or a mentor that's really pushing you in, in a musical instrument, whatever it is, you, you got to be pushing your limits. That is great. So what's some of the best advice that you've received? Ooh, the best advice I've received, if you could pick those moments, so those pivotal moments in your life, it's when someone comes along who you admire and they put it in an arm around your shoulder and say, you know what, you can do, you can do so much. You have great potential. And I know for me, especially from my background, you know, coming out of that place, yeah. to have, have someone say, you know what, you've got greatness in you, you've got genius in you, you've got something to offer. And if you really work hard and really push yourself, you have something great to offer. And that's what I've turned around and now give to the youth that I mentor. That very thing is say, you know, you do have genius. And I believe that sincerely. You have genius. You have greatness. You have potential that's way beyond what you can even perceive now. And you've got to get it out. And the way to get it out is to work on it every day, you know, as hard as you can to earn a really great education and learn to see the world differently, to expand your reality and your perspectives, kind of see have a world world. That's why world schooling is so important because any of us who stays in one little corner of the earth is like reading one page of a book. You miss out on so much. Well, we get pretty apathetic about what the world looks like in, in a way. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. I bet you're a wonderful mentor, too, where, I mean, like you said, you grew up in kind of a rough situation and, and really wanted, you know, valued that. I bet you're wonderful at that. So what do you think about socialization and what it means to be socialized? I mean, a lot of people would just freak out thinking that, their children weren't in a building, you know, meeting other children their same age. What's your response to that? <laughs> love, I love this question. I love it. And we get it often from people who are considering uh, homeschooling or, you know, world schooling or unschooling people who are even against it. They're, they often bring that up. What about yeah. socialization? That's the first question. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and the one they're most concerned about. And it's a valid question. It really is because, and again, my whole back, everything I do in mentoring now, and what we do with our children is all to raise leaders. I am raising leaders. I'm not raising followers. I'm not here to create sheeple, right? <laughs> I mean, we're, we're not out to tell kids, hey, do what you're told, just stay in line, conform, you know, try to fit in. It's the opposite. It's like, no, get a phenomenal education, become highly developed as a person and be a leader. And there's no way you can be a successful leader if you can't be successful in relationships and with people, and that's, that's socialization. What I've observed over the years of teaching in public, private, and one-on-one, -on -one, and, and homeschoolers and unschoolers and world schoolers, so much of it depends on the parent uh, is what I've found. Because in public school where the kids had been there their whole life, they've been in public school, and they were totally socially backwards or yeah. <laughs> inept and incompetent. And I'm like, what, what is this? You know, what's going on here? This kid's been in the public system his whole life and he can't talk to anybody. Yeah. What's, what's the deal? And a lot of it's the parent and the kind of situations and experiences they have. And it has been an absolute blast. Our oldest is only 12 and we have uh, our youngest is one. And they've been in 12 countries now. And we have been deliberate about having them relate to and work with and understand and talk to the poorest of the poor and the richest of the rich. We've been in mansions with mega millionaires and we've been in shacks with people who have nothing to eat. Yeah. 
and we've been with every race and religion and culture and background and society in place and it has just been so rewarding to watch our children grow in confidence and understanding and in fact if, if I can I'd like to share uh, a story. Empathy. I would think. Yes, exactly. And understand and just perspective. Yeah, and compassion. And we, we went over, I don't want to toot, I'm not tooting my horn here. Please don't misunderstand me. But <laughs> one of, as a family, one of our favorite things to do is we love to just to help the widows and the orphans and people who are struggling. So we had this widow that we were helping and just caring for. We'd go visit her and, and help her with anything she needed. And she had had severe strokes. And so, you know, the right side of her face was sagging severely and, you know, her eye and her teeth. And, and so she looked, she looked pretty deformed, and it was that's that's uncomfortable for a lot of people yeah. to hold a conversation. And her speech was slurred, and she had a door that was broken, and so she couldn't open it. So I went over to fix it. I said, you know, I'm taking I'm taking all my kids. We're going over. The whole family's going over, <laughs> and we're going to help here. And I'm trying to raise my kids right, you know. And so we go over there, and the younger ones and I, we grab we grab the tools, we start cutting things, fixing things, putting it back together. And so there was kind of some awkward silence where my daughter was standing there with this woman, and she's in her 70s. And my 12 year old daughter, she told me afterwards, she's like, we were just sitting there, and it was awkward silence. So she said, you know, I wanted to learn about her. I wanted to talk to her. I wanted to find out about her life. And so in Spanish, my daughter strikes up this conversation with this woman and sits there for about a half hour just asking her questions and learning about her and, and sharing things from her life. And just, I mean, just brought happiness and joy to this woman who is often lonely and often, you know, gets the weird looks, you know, the strange treatment. And it was just so rewarding to wow. see that. Yeah, you, it sounds like you not only, I mean, helped her in a physical way, you may have helped her, you know, emotionally and spiritually as, uh, as well. So, wow, what an awesome experience. You've had a lot of obstacles over the years. What do you think the biggest obstacle is that you faced and what have you learned from that? You know, honestly, there's there's a way to do everything. There's There really is a way to do everything. I think people who get discouraged or they see obstacles or challenges, they, they might think, hey, there's not a way to do this. It can be done. And if I can do it, anyone can do it. I mean, I love, I love to tell people that. I've been from a, of a dark place, a dark, lonely, difficult place, and I can get there. And I think one of the most difficult challenges, especially if you want to move to a higher level or maybe an unconventional. You know, homeschooling and world schooling, unschooling is still considered very unconventional. Yeah. And there's a lot of kickback and a lot of criticism and cynicism, a lot of ridicule, a lot of ostracizing. And if people can learn to be very decisive and clear about their priorities, and then move forward independent of the opinions of others, then they can really achieve great things. That is awesome. Yeah, that's true. You have to really know your plan and what maybe God has, what kind of plan he has for you and not listen to other people's opinions. So I love that. To go along with that, I mean, you talked about, we talked about in your bio that you, how you had loneliness and depression and stuff like that. How did you get over that discouragement? Uh, input determines output. That's, that's what I always love to say. Input determines output. Because I was, I was desperate. No food, no family, no friends. I remember Christmas Eve, I was almost 17, just sitting there by myself at nothing. I was living in a horrible area around people doing horrible things. It was dark and lonely and depressing and just desperate, this desperate longing, knowing that life could be so much better, that we literally have the power to make our lives what we will. And I was sitting there that night just saying, you know what? No, we got to change this. And I spent some time, that night I spent some time studying in the scriptures and realized, you know, it's, it's reading out of the great books. It's having the great experiences. It's making the most of myself. Input determines output. It's what we think about, we bring about. It's what we read. It's what we see. It's what we allow into our minds comes out in our lives. 
know, some call it the law of harvest, others the law of karma, but it's real and it's true. And and if we want to stay, you know, motivated and inspired, we have to feed that fire. And now, I mean, <laughs> my friends call me a, a walking antidepressant. <laughs> I mean, I just, I'm... I am sincerely, and this is who I am. This isn't like my camera voice or my, you know, podcast. This is who I am. I'm, I am excited and alive and happy, and we live an absolutely incredible life. I mean, it's authentic, and wow. I'm, and I love it. I'm filled with energy and life and enthusiasm. You have to feed it. You have to get the right things in your life. Too many of us are sabotaging our own success by filling our lives with junk. Yeah. We watch crap on TV. We, we just waste our time in social media or listen to garbage or, or surround ourselves with cynics and critics and depressing people. And you, you, we've got to change that and it'll change everything. Wow. Before we go on, let us take a minute and hear about our sponsors. Hey, Firestarters. Are you looking for a new way to listen to the Luminous Mind? Try listening on Stitcher. Haven't heard of Stitcher? Think of it as radio on demand. You can listen to the Luminous Mind anytime, anywhere. There is no downloading, no syncing, no wasted memory. Just stream your favorite podcasts such as The Luminous Mind. Stitcher is available on iOS, Android, Nook, iPad, and also from your favorite internet browser. Don't have Stitcher? Download it free today at Stitcher.com or in the App Store. And make sure you rate and review The Luminous Mind so together we can continue to light minds on fire and change the paradigm of education. Sharing all my songs with no expectation What comes back beyond imagination Now I'm addicted to the inspiration CC Mix It is a brand new nation Brand, 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 brand new nation Brand, brand, brand new nation Welcome back to the Luminous Mind with world schooler and motivator Greg Denny. All right, well, let's talk about some positive things now. We've talked about, you know, obstacles and discouragement and stuff, but what are some of the successes that you've seen? I mean, obviously, you're a huge success all in itself. Yeah, I guess the most rewarding thing ever is watching someone change. And it has been, for me, so fulfilling. I know. Like I'm comfortable now. I, I can, if if my life were, uh, there's so much more I want to do, but if my life came to an end, I could look back comfortably knowing that I've done the most first to change myself, to become my very best, to reach for my potential, and really live on purpose with a mission. But even more rewarding than that is watching others change, that, is that help them come to a new reality uh, and, and to, to think differently to change their paradigm and their whole outlook on life and perspective, to take a youth that's, you know, uninterested in education and learning and apathetic about books and reading and, and just has this distaste for homework or, you know, whatever else. Oh, books. Oh, that's so lame. That's so boring. I just want to play video games or, you know, hang with my friends or whatever. But to watch these young men and these young women change. I've got most of my mentees right now are in between 14 and 16. I've got some 16-year-olds that would just blow you away how solid they are and the questions they ask and the things they're working on on their own and the books they're reading and the goals they have and the mission and the purpose, the sense of accomplishment they're, they're going after and accomplishing things now but having huge goals to lead out in the future. And that, that to me is the greatest success when 
when a young man or young woman, or any man or woman for that matter, you and I, all of us, can become our very best self. Yeah. You were talking about being authentic. And I think the happiness and the authentic positive attitude really comes from a place that you're not following somebody else's pattern for your life. You know, you're, I mean, you're obviously following the pattern that you are meant to follow. And I think that creates so much happiness and excitement. And that's where the passion comes from. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, I go to Walmart or any other store and I just see people just walking around this, they look miserable, but I wonder if it's because they're not living the life they want to live. Oh, yeah, not, I, think, I think you're right on. I really do. Yeah, that, that Can, they're following too much of what society thinks they need to be doing. So. Yes, 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 yes. They're following this, this prescribed path and they feel this discontent. Uh, Henry David Thoreau said, Most men lead lives of quiet desperation and go to their graves with their song still in them. Isn't that true? <laughs> it's and just I, sad. I think he's so right. I think most people do, and I think they're quietly desperate, although sometimes they put on the facade or the act. But how many people are really living passionate, happy lives, You know, really pursuing an education and learning and growing and improving and living purposefully? It's, it's too rare, and that's you know, one of the things that I absolutely love and, and why we created, we created World School Academy. And then my whole site, my whole site is for this, gregdenning.com. I mean the whole thing is to help people – Reach for that passion and that purpose and that level of living where it's no longer the walking dead. It's, it's being alive and excited. That when you're alarmed, it's an opportunity clock is what goes off in the morning. And you're excited to get it. You can't wait to get out of bed to work on what you're working on. You know, getting up at four is never easy, but all I have to do is think, you know, I'm about to read an awesome book right now. I'm about to get better today. I'm going to learn something new today. I'm going to make a difference in the world today. And man, you get going and you get excited and you make things happen. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I'm glad to know I'm not the only crazy one. I, I get up at 432. But, you know, when you're living a life with your children intertwined, that's really my only time that I can get the stuff done that I want to do, you know, and, and then yeah. I can turn around and focus more on my family. So, and I have to agree. I mean, when it's stuff that you love to do, like work on this podcast or, you know, reading something that you're just totally enthralled with, you can't wait to jump out of bed. And so even at 430 in the morning. <laughs> Yep. Awesome. It's okay. the crazy ones, but it yeah. works, doesn't it? <laughs> exactly. So what other personal habits do you think you have that help make you successful? Well, education isn't just academics. And I think that's where a lot of people fall short. They think education is merely a book learning or something you could regurgitate. But a truly educated person is well-rounded in what I call the five facets of a fantastic life. It's social, emotional spiritual, mental, and physical. And you have to have all of those. If, if you don't have a proper balance in each of those things, your life gets out of balance and you tip over. I mean, you really, things get out of whack. And, and that's why yeah. people, there's so much stress and so much turmoil and so much fear and, and depression and desperation. They go through a really, midlife crisis type thing. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And the, the crises are happening all the time. But if we are on it, on all of those areas and really give priority time to them, if not daily, at least weekly, then it makes for a fantastic life. So I exercise every day. I read, for, I spend time in prayer, meditation, and, and scripture study every day. 
And so whatever, whatever your core book happens to be, you spend some time in, in quiet meditation reviewing your values. And you're, you're, you know, we're all spiritual beings, so you, you can't neglect the spirit side. Then your emotional mastery. You know, do you, are you in control and directing your emotions and your relationships and your leadership and your mind? You know, exercising your mind every day. And so you just make sure you're in great shape physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and all these things. You have incredible relationships that you're working on every day. It just makes her a really fantastic life. Yeah. Then you can sound like Greg. <laughs> so happy. <laughs> awesome. So how do you organize every, I mean, you, we talked about getting up early, but how do you organize, you know, your job and your family and being able to serve people? How do you organize everything? That, I find that that's one of the things that a lot of people struggle with. There's so much to do. There really is. You, I mean, you got to do your shopping, do your laundry, do the dishes, mow the lawn, you know, take care of pay the bills. <laughs> Fix this, fix that. I mean, there's so much to do. And, and often people are like, well, how, how, I don't even have time to read. How, how can I do all of this stuff? And what I always like to teach people is you prioritize your life. You sit down, you mark out your, your highest priorities in order. And then you create a clear plan to work from the top down, doing first things first. And you know what? Honestly, if you don't get to the dishes because you were reading a great book to your kid, let it go. Oh, well, huh? <laughs> you, you, put, you put first things first. And if you do the first things first, and I, you know, I hit my, my, for my personal priorities, I do them all before my kids wake up. So from four, you know, four to six or seven, that's my time to hit my highest priorities and go after it. And then I include the kids in the other ones. If you'll prioritize like that and you'll, you'll make a plan to at least get them in daily or, like I said, weekly, then you're hitting all those most important things along the way and you're capitalizing on moments to get done a lot more. So you'll, you know, you'll never see me without a book. And if I'm where I can't read, if I'm driving, then I'm listening to a great book, a classic book. I've got uh, digital books on my phone. I, you know, we've always got something good to do. And I'll, you know, if I get, can't get a workout in, I'll put my one-year-old daughter in a backpack and we'll just do air squats in, <laughs> in the room with her while she giggles and I'm getting a killer workout. I mean, you just find a way to fit in your highest priorities. And honestly, we outsource the other stuff. Anybody can wash your dishes. Anybody can do your laundry. Anybody can clean your house and mow your lawn, but only you can do your push-ups. Only you can do your reading. You can't get another person to read for you. And so some of the things that can be outsourced ought to be outsourced so we can live by our highest priorities. Oh, I love that. I need to find somebody to clean my house. <laughs> be awesome. It's, so, it's worth it. Actually, it is so worth it. Actually, I have my kids do that. <laughs> it's not a big deal. And I figure they're learning stuff on the way too. So, so how do you think your family has benefited the most from this sort of lifestyle? I would have to say, I was going to say growth would be number one. What's so fun, fun for us is everywhere we go, we come back better people because we learn something and we really try to make an effort to leave it a better place. Whatever we're doing, wherever we are, try to make a difference in someone's life. And so, you know, my children and, and my wife and I, we, we grow with this sense of doing something that is meaningful, that really matters. Not the fluffy stuff, not the frivolous that nobody cares and we would, we'd look back on with regret, but doing something that really matters and then coming away better because of it. And, and there's just something, I don't know what it is. Rebecca, there's something, and you, I'm sure you felt it, I'm sure listeners have felt it, there's something so special about growing or learning or improving. When you master something, you just are like, yeah! Man, I feel alive, right? And as you as you grow and expand, and you see different cultures and realities, and have incredible experiences, it changes. It changes you. Yeah, that's true. 
I have told my kids before in the past that I think my definition of hell would be a place where I could no longer grow and improve because, uh, you know, I'm not who I want to be yet. And that would just be horrible to think you're just stuck <laughs> you know, where you are now. and There's no improvement. So, oh, you I are totally so, so that. right. I totally agree Boy, with that. On that same deal, let me share this. I think it fits perfectly with what you said in that combination. Somebody once said that the definition is held when the person you are meets the person you might have been. Oh. <laughs> and it goes right with what you said. And I, and I think you're right. We, we've got to – and this is exciting. I hope people don't listen to this and go, oh, more stuff to do. Oh, this is so <laughs> discouraging. It's exciting. Yeah. It really is exciting. And say, so, you know, who, who can I become? If I went after it, what could I accomplish? What could I achieve? And then be intentional. Be deliberate about creating a life and a lifestyle around the way you really want to be. That's so great. Thank you. What are some of your long-term goals for yourself and your family and obviously uh, with your mentoring? So we, as a family, we, we're going to keep traveling <laughs> forever. <laughs> so, you know, Rachel and I just got back from Peru. We're in Costa Rica for a few more months. Uh, we're heading to Barcelona, then to Morocco. I am so, so excited to live in, an, in a Muslim country. So you're, you are going to make it over to uh, Europe, right? Oh, yeah, like. yeah. Yep. Cool. So we're heading, we're heading to Europe next. We'll do, we'll do Spain first, Portugal and France there, Morocco, then Eastern Europe. I want to get into Bulgaria and Romania and some of those countries. We'll probably visit Israel and Egypt while we're there. And then eventually, you know, we drove, we drove from Alaska all the way to Costa Rica. And we left Alaska four years ago, just driving wow. slowly and meandering all through the Yukon and Canada, the United States, Mexico, Belize, and all the way down through there, seeing those places. And we want to drive all through South America as well. Just slowly, we'll rent a house, you know, see the area and drive around, explore, but see each culture in place and what they have to offer in, in history and archaeology and culture and beauty. Wow. And so for traveling and learning, that's what we'll do. You know, and Rachel and I, we have, we have a book to read. We have a goal. Each of us have a goal to read over 100 books this year. So we're keeping on reading, you know, helping our kids earn their education and really go after it. And then as far as mentoring, we want to we reach out. You know, kind of our mission together, Rachel and I, is is really to help redefine what education is for people, to, to see that it's, it's so much more than just academics, and yet to take that academic level to totally new heights that they hadn't considered, that education isn't a degree. Yeah. It, isn't, it isn't a certificate or a diploma. It's, it's a way of living, and yeah. that there's never a graduation from education. Well, and setting benchmarks is a huge mistake to go, okay, a child must learn this by this time. When we set those benchmarks, we kind of pat ourselves on the back. Oh, he can read at seven. But when we do that, sometimes we, are, we have a very short-sighted goal. I don't know if you feel that way, but, but I've seen my kids go well above and beyond what I thought they could do. You know, when they do push themselves, they end up doing amazing things. Oh, Absolutely. So, yeah, that's one of our, I guess one of the things I should have mentioned, our philosophy, it's always with an end result in mind. You know, everything we do with our education for in mentoring that I do and with our children is always what kind of adult are my children going to be? What kind of life are they going to live? Not, well, you know, at, at 10, what's their grade level? We're not concerned about that. We're concerned about what kind of adult they're going to be, what kind of young man, what kind of leader they're going to be. And it's, it's the end mind. It's the big long-term vision that really matters. That's awesome. Yeah, with testing in schools, I think sometimes it's, that's just pulling up the flower, you know, like yep. checking the root and making sure it's growing. You know, um, and sometimes if it doesn't look like it's growing the direction that you think it is, then it's, you feel like you're, they're not being successful, but you're not waiting to see you know, what kind of flower they do end up being. Exactly. So what advice or encouragement would you give to somebody who's just starting out that maybe wants to live like Greg? 
<laughs> you know, we, we never encourage people to live to live our life, you know, because it, it's not for everyone. It really is kind of crazy when you think about it. <laughs> but it, it's, it sounds fun. <laughs> oh, it's a blast. And we just love it. It's, it's really so fun and rewarding. But I would say live your dream. Decide really clearly what it is you want and who you want to become. And then do something every day that helps you get there. Uh, don't listen to the naysayers or the critics. You know, make sure you're really clear on your goals and your vision. I mean, if you don't have a vision, you'll never get there. I mean, get the vision and hold that vision in front of you. It'll motivate you. It'll inspire you. It'll keep you going when times are tough. It will help you ignore the naysayers and push forward. But get that vision of what you really want and then go for it and set aside the excuses and, and the things that seem impossible because there's always a way. And if you're solution-oriented and, and you move toward your goals, you can make anything happen. Thank you. Do you have a favorite book or resource that you want to share? Whenever I ask that question to somebody like of a person like you, they're like, that's a hard question. There's so <laughs> many of them. Incredibly hard. Yeah, we, I, you know, I read, I've, I've been averaging 100 books a year for years and years and years. Wow. Uh, I can say easily, without hesitation, my number one is Unabridged Les Miserables by Victor Hugo. That changed my life. That's, oh, that's cool. I'll have book. to read that one. Oh, it is spectacular. It's 1,462 pages. Okay, it'll take me it's, a while. But. <laughs> it's, it's a monster, but oh, it's worth every page. It's just so incredible. I don't know. I, I try to, we share a lot of book lists and a lot of our philosophy, a lot of tips. Here's, here's what we've found with a lot of parents all over the world. And it's been so fun. We have, we have families from all over the world contacting us and following us and working with us. Most of them just say, well, okay, how do I actually do it? Yeah. yeah, it's cool. I love the philosophy. But how does that look day to day? I mean, yeah. how, how do you actually make it happen when your kid doesn't want to listen? <laughs> they don't want to read and they don't want you to read to them. What how do you get your kid to actually motivate it or what does your day look like? How does that morning routine work and how how do you handle six kids at different ages and still get your own education? And so that's a lot of what we what we share on our websites on worldschoolacademy.com and on gregdenning.com. Our other site is discovershareinspire.com as well. It documents all our journeys and our education. We share those things trying to help. I mean, just a sincere desire. We want to help people live life on their terms, especially educationally, to be the expert in their home and to provide a phenomenal education for their, themselves and their children and really make it happy, you know, and tips and, and tricks and principles and strategies, things that really work. You know, not the fluff, not the theory, but the stuff that just actually really works to get it done and not just say, okay, well, I'm against the system and so I'm out of the system and I, and I like the unschooling or the homeschooling, but now what? How do I make sure my kid gets a really great education? That's the best image. If you can, if you can get that, oh, back to that vision again. If you can get that educational vision, then, then you start making it happen. Yeah, that is awesome. What changes would you like to see in the world in the future? So if you study history... I love history. Love, love, love history. And I encourage everyone to study history. If you study history, you see throughout history there, there are three educational systems. There's the leadership education. There's professional training. And then there's conveyor belt education. And if you look throughout history, most societies had professional training and leadership training. And only as the society grew in time and been around a long time and became more affluent, then they added what's called conveyor belt training or the public school system or government schools to help the masses get a, at least a minimal education. Well, what most of the world knows today is only that. And so they've, they've forgotten the other two models. And so they see, well, that what's available is just the common education. 
you know, for, for all people from the government schools. And what I would love to see is that so many people realize, oh, there's another model. <laughs> there's another way. And to take, you know, what's, what's there, what's good, take the good from that. And, and all three are necessary. I want to make sure that's clear. All three are necessary. But one is for job training. One is for professional training and one is for leadership. And we need all three, but you have to decide where you yourself want to be and where you want your children to be. Yeah. And so the change that I would like to see is see a lot more people move to a leadership education to step away from the conveyor belt, step away from the cog training and you know the job training and, and really become entrepreneurs and leaders in society that really go out and make a difference. Yeah. And I kind of wonder if we stay with a conveyor belt type education. I mean, like you were talking about, having the vision in mind and then having, I, I really think that that conveyor belt education, if you start that way and you keep going, it's so hard. I mean, at least for me, trying to change my paradigm to something to a leadership education, I mean, it has been years in the making. And so I think as a parent, if you start out with that vision in mind of those higher type learning, you're going to be much more successful at creating it, don't, don't you feel like? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so instead of going, well, what, what are my kids' grades? You don't even do grades. You don't, you don't even worry about tests. <laughs> yeah. you, you just go, okay, what habits are they having? Are they voracious learners? Are they getting the great classics? Are they, are, they, are they even aware of what the great idea or the great conversation or the great books? Right? They, they, they're working on this list of 5,000 of the best books. You know, that's their book list, and they're working on it steadily. You know, and if, if that's the vision, and you're going for leadership instead of you know, go to school, get good grades, get a job, get a mortgage, do what you're told, and then when you retire at 65, then you can go do something you can more play. meaningful. Yeah. yeah. No, no. You got you to gotta catch that. And you see way beyond it. And so, you know, will my kids need to take tests or will they need to go to college? If they want to pursue a path that's their purpose or mission that requires degrees and those kind of classes and that learning, great. Yeah, they can go there. But the education that I'm going to help lead them toward is far beyond that, way mm -hmm. beyond that. Yeah. It's not this, oh, once you have your degree, then you're educated and you're done. No way. Yeah, exactly. Well, great. Well, before we say goodbye, do you have any final parting words of advice or maybe a favorite quote that you'd like to share? And then let us know again how we can get in touch with you. We've kind of talked about some of your websites. but And you also mentioned that you podcast. Is that correct? Yeah. So, well, yeah, I, have a, I do a lot of videos. I have a YouTube channel, just Greg Denning YouTube channel. I post videos almost every day. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm cranking out the videos. I've got a lot of podcasts and, and blog posts on gregdenning.com. Uh, worldschoolacademy.com is where we're offering resources to help you know homeschoolers, unschoolers, or people in public or private school as well that just want to really have more hands-on with their education. But I guess the last thing I would just say is just what I've mentioned over and over. I'll keep saying it forever. There's never a graduation from education. Just to get really excited about that and to take ownership of your own education. You know, somebody asked recently, if the only influence you could have on your children is what you modeled to them, what you, how the mm. example you set, <laughs> how would you be doing? Yeah. And you step back and go, whoa. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I say lots of stuff, but am I doing it? Yeah. And that's... if you do it, you, you know this, Rebecca, you know this, and, and I'm sure listeners know this. When your kids see you doing something, they do it. Yeah. They copy you. 
Yeah. And so take accountability, take, take charge of your own education, go after it, and your kids will follow. Your kids will follow. That is great. How positive. And then also, how do we, I mean, we got a YouTube channel. Uh, you said gregdenny.com. Is that right? Worldschoolacademy.com and then discovershareinspire.com as well. My wife's a photographer and a writer. She writes a lot about that. There's a lot of great videos in there about uh, homeschooling and world schooling and education and travel, why we think travel is so critical for a, a great education. Well, I am definitely checking out. I told Greg before we start recording that this is an area that my husband and I really want to move. So, <laughs> so I'm hoping to see him out in the world somewhere <laughs> yes. together doing something. So that'd be awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Greg. It has been an absolute delight and thank I've had you. a blast. So, <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to The Luminous Mind. To learn more about Greg Denning and world schooling, go to our show notes at theluminousmind.net. Also, be sure to subscribe to our free email list so you can receive our weekly audio blog, The Spark. We would love to have you join our program. Do so by going to the scheduling tab and become a fire starter today. Help support the podcast by making all your Amazon purchases through the free Amazon widget on our website, theluminousmind.net. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Google+. Get our audio content on YouTube, iTunes, and Stitcher. Leave us a review. Tell us how we can help you so together we can continue to light minds on fire and change the paradigm of education. 